Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and today I am joined by Connor Ryan. Connor, what's up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Happy New Year. 2024 uh, is almost upon us. I think this is dropping either right before 2024 or right after. So it's either almost upon us or it's here. But either way, it's it's reach out and touch it, basically, uh, 2024. And, uh, yeah, you, you reach out and grab it like that. Um, it's weird. 2023 is done. Uh, and I we're going to look at kind of the New Year's resolutions for the Bruins, what they should hope to accomplish in 2024, what they need to fix in 2024. But I want to first look back at 2023 uh, because it's been a weird year. And by weird, I mean really freaking heartbreaking for Bruins fans. And, you know, when you think of years, right, you think of like 2010, you think of the collapse against the Flyers and then, but it was necessary for 2011 when you won the Stanley Cup and you get, every year is sort of defined by something, you know, there's in the last 20 years, there haven't been many irrelevant Bruins years. I mean, even look at like 2015, you have the draft, you get 2016, you know, you have missing the playoffs, but also, you know, the end of Claude Julian. Um, And obviously 2019, you have, you know, Falling in the cup final, which by the way, I don't know if you saw this, the athletic did this story on like, they ranked the last 18 Stanley cup champions. Uh, so I think since like, Oh six and the St. Louis blues were number 18, which is just like, Oh, Oh, like what could have been, what should have been. Um, yep. but that's for another day. We've, we've done that quite a bit. Um, but 2023, what will you remember 2023 for when you look back like 10 years from now? Well, uh, I mean, it's probably the, the best encapsulation of uh, why hockey is both great and terrible, probably for most fans, right? In terms of, I think, over the span of just a couple of weeks as a fan, you can reach the highest of highs and then can come crashing down in a hurry, right? And I, I think you look at uh, just how good that team was. And, you know, it wasn't just how much of a wagon they were and, and how much depth they had, but, you know, the amount of comeback wins they had. You had the Omar goal. You had all these moments just seemed like it was going towards a storybook ending, right? Um, knowing full well of the the stakes involved with, you know, Krejci and Bergeron and, and what 
we thought could have been, you know, the case of that being their last year ended up being the case, but um, to have that come crashing down in the first round, uh, probably something that a lot of Bruins fans won't get over. I think it'd be one thing if they, they lost and it sucks that, you know, they're kind of like the new Tampa Bay lightning where record setting pace all goes to shit, you know, but at least the lightning came back and they still had, Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman and Vasilevsky, they were like, all right, this sucks, but like we're rolling the same crew back. Wasn't the case this year, right? So I think for Bruins fans as a whole, it's probably more bad than good considering uh, you look at just how much that opportunity kind of fell by the wayside last year. And even if you come up short, you look at how good that run could have been with Toronto in the next round. You looked at like a team like Carolina, who's been one of your nemesis in the third round. And then, I mean, how good would a rematch with Bruce Cassidy been in the cup final? Would have been unbelievable. Um, again, those kind of situations rarely play out when you uh, get to the Stanley Cup playoffs and just how much uh, variance there is. If anything, it should maybe give you hope that even if maybe this team is, you know, obviously not nearly as talented, goalie can get hot, things can kind of fall by the wayside, get a good rebound here or there in a, a critical moment of the game, and all of a sudden you're going further than last year's team. But I think it just comes back to uh, the opportunity to hand for this team and looking back for it, looking back on it years from now, uh, the fact that you weren't able to at least get a, a longer run going, knowing that in a few months you're going to have back-to-back uh, retirement press conferences for two franchise pillars in Berger and Krejci. It's going to sting for a while when you look at just what could have been. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people have erased – that season from their minds because it was so, I mean, you, you, you hit it there. Like it was such a high that whole season. I mean, we came on every week and we would, we would sit here and we would say, they're just so freaking good. Like they just, they're deep. There were no holes at, for a long time. We said, you know, you don't have to do anything at the trade deadline. They're good already. You don't want to give up future assets. And then it became pretty clear around January and February. All right. Other teams are gearing up as they, as we expected they would, but this team is clearly special. They're not falling back to earth. Add to it. You know, just put all the chips to the middle of the table. And to think that, I mean, like the Omar goal and the comeback wins and just, uh, you've said it before, but like every guy had their night, you know, and everybody played their role. And, uh, you know, I just, to have it just crash the way it did, uh, you know, up 3-1 against the Panthers. The Panthers, a team that just barely squeaked into the playoffs. Now, again, that's why we love hockey, right? That's why we love hockey. But the fact that it was against them and, and just the collapse of everything within three games. You know, I mean, you even remember that game six down in Florida uh, where, you know, just a back and forth. The goaltending's terrible. You're scoring a bunch, but you can't stop a goal to save your life. And then game seven happens. And it just... I, I know I'm bringing up a lot of uh, bad spots for Bruins fans. Hey, really, 2024 sucks. <laughs> this, year, start here, Evan. this year stinks. But I just, to me, I like to take a look back and I like to look at what was. So I think that's one thing. And that's the main thing I think we'll all look back at and say, um, man, what should have been? You know, 2019 was rough. 2023 is not a distant second um, in terms of what should have been. And Jim Montgomery said it after the first game of the of this regular season of we should have won a cup with Bergeron. The fact that we that I could not do that um, is what's going to hurt the most. So you mentioned obviously Bergeron and Krejci retire. I think twenty twenty three sort of marks the end of an era, and I think that's how we're going to sort of remember it. Obviously, you still have a core in place, a pretty a very strong core. 
uh, going forward, but the Bergeron era ended in 2023, and I think that is a big thing. I will also say, I, I as negative as that is, right as as bitter as as bitter as this year was, I do think, and we've mentioned this a couple times, but it was time to look forward. What was next? You know, like obviously Bergeron would help this team astronomically. Like he would be a huge asset. It would it would be so big if he was still here. But at the same time, this team had to face the music at some point. Like they had to figure out what is life going to be like after Patrice Bergeron. And you could throw David Krejci in there. I know he retired once. This was the second time. But still, what are you going to do at the center position going forward? And who is leading this team going forward? And I think they figured that out with Marchand. Uh, you have Matt Patra kind of, you know, come to the surface if Bergeron was back. Again, I'm not saying I'd rather Patra than Bergeron. I'm not. Do not misconstrue that. What I am saying is if Bergeron is sticking around, Patra's not making the team at all. He's not. I mean, you, you have no you have no space for him. You would have no room for him. Um, so, again, I, I think just having to face those hard truths, those hard questions – and it's sort of worked out. I mean, they're like, what, fourth in the NHL? They're first in the Atlantic. Um, they're cruising right now. I mean, I know that they've stumbled a bit, but they had a great start to the season. I think there is a little bit to take that, you know, when they are uh, true cup contenders, whether that's this year, down the road, I think people look back at 2023 and say, you know, maybe all of this success down the road doesn't happen without just the collapse that was 2023. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think if you're looking at 2024 and beyond, I think Bruins fans should, tr should probably be excited about the future in terms of, you know, I think as soon as Bergeron and Krejci leave and you lose, you know, you have to trade Hall to make up cap space. You let Bertuzzi walk. A lot of people are expecting it is going to be maybe a couple of really, really lean years for this franchise. And I think you look at, uh, for as much as people talk about how barren the Bruins prospect pool is, when you look at a guy like Patra and the promise he's offered, and I think the excitement that a guy like him provided kind of coming out of nowhere, it's kind of a, it was a foreign kind of a training camp storyline for this team of this young rookie coming out of nowhere and pressing at such a critical area, you know, as a potential top six uh, centerman down the road um, to have him kind of energize this fan base and give you hope for the future, I think was huge, not just for the team, but I think for a fan base, maybe, uh, you know, worried about what this next chapter is going to be. So you look at him and how he's played, the flashes that a guy like Lorai has provided. You have Merkulov, who's really took a step forward. Uh, Johnny Beecher, all these guys. Like, again, it's um, when you look at the contributions from these younger players that are hoping to be that next wave of uh, Bruins leadership, coupled with the fact that you still have, you know, the Marchand right now, but McAvoy signed long-term, Pasternak, all these guys, like, uh, Zaka is still, you know, signed long-term coil. You still have a very good foundation in place. And as more of these younger players um, step into these roles, I think it's a brilliant thing. You should be excited about what this new chapter is going to be. Is it going to be, you know, 15, 16 straight years of 100 points and what have you? That'd be great. But, you know, I, I think you hopefully fans don't take what that run with Bergeron and those guys were for granted. But when you look at just the the framework of this team, the younger players that have stepped in, coupled with the fact that you're going to have a good amount of cap space to spend in the next couple of years, like you're in a spot that a hell of a lot of teams would kind of envy looking forward in terms of, you know, pending this next chapter of what this franchise has. you got a lot of options in place. Yeah, I mean, I think what 2023 showed in the second half 
is that the future without Bergeron and Krejci is not as bad as we always thought it might have been. You know, the core is there. You mentioned the cap space. Younger players are developing. There's more to this to the prospect pool than I think most people thought. So, uh, first half, really fun. Terrible ending. Second half, not as fun, but seems to be promising for the future. So, uh, quite the year in 2023. Definitely not uneventful. There were a lot of things in 2023 that uh, that took place. Um, so, interesting year at that. Uh, before we get into 2024, uh, the green, the 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 grass it might be greener in 2024, Connor. Uh, but first, a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. In Mass, 21 plus and present in Mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gamblinghelplinema.org, or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Now, back to the show. So, New Year's resolutions, Connor. Do you have any, like, personally that you that you do? No, I think it's all about staying the course, staying consistent in what you do, uh, and that's kind of how how I view it. I don't I don't make any sweeping changes with a new year or anything like that. I'm boring in that way. I'm also boring. Maybe it's just because we're perfect. That's why we don't do resolutions. I don't want, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it, but you kind of said the quiet part out loud, Evan. I'll say it. I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, but no, I don't do any resolutions. I've never been into it i mean i always you know try to eat okay and exercise i should probably exercise more like all those things right but i don't have like a a true like i gotta do this you know i'm running a marathon like one of my roommates is running the chicago marathon this year so his uh you know resolution he hasn't really said this but i'm assuming his resolution is train for the chicago marathon and run and i would, I, I would hope so i would hope you would for that <laughs> Just drop it in, uh, fly in one day, run it, come home. Um, but the Bruins should have some resolutions, some things that they do need to uh, get in order for 2024. Um, and I, I'll let you start. What's something that the Bruins need to shore up in the new year? I think it's got to be their defensive identity, right? I mean, we've talked about this multiple times this year. And um, when you look at the shortcomings of this Bruins team, we all knew going into the year that uh, when you lose, I think it was 80 total goals, 210 total points this offseason. It's going to take a little bit of a step back. And again, uh, you've had guys like JVR and uh, players like that, Geeky, who have stepped in and done a pretty solid job, Dan and Heinen, for what he's making. Like you, You've probably exceeded expectations in a lot of areas in terms of you know signing guys to bargain bin contracts. 
that being said, um, we all knew there was going to be a little bit of a, a step back offensively, and it was going to be a couple of lean games, a lot of uh, one-goal games this team was going to be playing in. Uh, defensively, the fact that I think you're middle of the pack and high danger chances allowed when you look at the personnel there, that's something that really needs to shore up because, again, the, the this team where they are and the limitations they have, especially in regards to the cap, this is a team that if they want to go on a run, if they want to be a, a hard uh, team to play against night in, night out, it's going to rely on their goaltending, of course, which has been great all season long, but you need the defense in front of them to hold their own as well. And when you look at the personnel there with McAvoy and Lindholm and Carlo and Grizzly, who's been banged up, and Forbert and all these guys, even Lorai, who I think has been really solid, especially defensively in the second stint with the, with the team, um, you have the personnel in place to be a very, very strong defensive team there. Um, it was the case last year. It's been the case for many years. So um, I think that has to be the biggest thing, whether it's defending the rush, whether it's just cleaning up the front of the net. There's been way too many net front chances that uh, teams have had against guys like Swayman and Olmark, and that's not fair to either one of those guys in terms of um, putting the pressure on them night in and night out to keep you in games when you're letting way too many easy looks kind of land right in front of them at, at the doorstep. So I think defensively it has to be the biggest thing you got to fix here in the second half of the year. Oh, you're not going anywhere if you're bad defensively. Like, this team is not. You cannot outscore teams. Uh, you cannot. I, I, you know, I think the goalie tandem can work in the playoffs, but it hinges on good, strong Bruins defense in front of Swayman and Olmark. Um, if that's not there, it's not. It's going to be a quick run in the postseason. So I agree. I think that's, that's definitely number one. Um, I would also throw in there, you know, do you add a defenseman? Like, is that, you know, do you add a guy, do you add a depth guy? You can also throw in there, what's the future of Matt Grizzlick? Like, that could be another resolution of, like, figure something out there. Um, and we might get to what Grizzlick could get you um, later uh, on in this episode. But first, Connor, a quick word from our delicious friends, our delicious friends over at HelloFresh. Action to tell you about our delicious friends over at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. A crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinner time recipe rut. But keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every week. There's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. Turn to HelloFresh Market for yummy add-ons and enjoy the season's limited-time fall flavors lineup. It's that time of year, right? Things get you in the mood, like apple cider cake with caramel sauce. All the ingredients come fresh, from the crushed tomatoes to the Italian chicken sausage mix to the Parmesan cheese. It's delicious, and I feel like a chef when I'm doing it. What's better than that? And this is a busy time of year for me with hockey starting up. I don't always have a ton of time, so this recipe makes it quick to enjoy something amazing. So, join in on the fun. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Bruins and use code 50Bruins for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Bruins and use code 50Bruins for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Now, back to the show. 
So we've talked defense. Uh, offensively, I think you have some big questions. Um, obviously, this you know the scoring was never a strength coming into the season. Uh, I don't expect them to just figure it out in the second half. So I'm not going to say like, oh, uh, return to what you were able to produce last season up front. Like I don't think that's a fair uh, a fair ask. I don't think you know you need a top line winger at the deadline. I I, I don't think that's a fair ask either. Um, but you do need to a be how can you become more sustainable in the offensive zone? That's I think number one. You know, can you just generate better chances? Can you spend more time in the offensive zone? Which I don't think is a lot to ask of this group. And the other thing is you need clarity on Jake DeBrusque. That's a big one, and I think that's going to be one of the big storylines of this upcoming of this year. Is you know, do they resign him? Do they trade him? Do they hold on to him and let the open test let him test the open market? Um, does he find his game in the second half? Because I think if he finds his game in the second half and he starts to produce at the rate that Jake DeBrusque can produce at, they are a different team. They are you know more stable up front, and I think it it shores up a lot of issues uh, up front that you know we've sort of been hemming and hawing about for you know a couple months now. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at especially this team and their limitations in terms of their cap space and their assets that they can move, especially at the NHL level, right? We can talk about first-round picks, a guy like Merkulov, guys down in Providence, but when you only have 55000 in cap space, you're going to have to move guys off this roster. So you don't really have the, the most uh, leeway in terms of making a move. But I think you saw like last week in that game against the Sabres, right? how much of a lift it's almost like an internal deadline, right? Where how much of a, a boost his team can have when a guy like Jake DeBrusque is playing a really impactful game, especially offensively, how good your defense looks when a guy like Lindholm is really active and uh, making assertive plays with a puck on his stick. Um, so I, I think those are two guys, especially you look at them and how much, uh, you know, a strong second half from them can alleviate so many of the question marks you have, whether it's defensively or defensive structure in front and, how much a guy like DeBrusque, if he gets you an extra goal or two here or there, and you avoid one of many nights where you're, you know, white knuckling it in the third third period in a one goal game, like uh, how much of a lift those two guys can provide you there. So I think those are two players in particular that if they can elevate their game and kind of get into more of a rhythm here over this second half of the season, uh, the gains will be huge for this team. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Um, do you have any other? I want to, well, let's, we'll do assets in a second, especially future assets. But do you have any other pressing resolutions or questions you have about this team going into 2024? Uh, no, I, I would say for resolution is for the Bruins is keeping that goaltending uh, tandem in place, right? Uh, we've seen, you know, very few times this year, but whenever they kind of deviate from that 50-50 split, I don't know what it is, man. It's like the vibes are just off and the, the team doesn't play nearly as well. I don't know if it's just the routine, if it's, um, throws off the goalies. I don't know how you can really quantify what exactly it is that uh, makes the product on the ice take a dip whenever they interrupt that uh, that setup, but uh, keep it rolling. And again, we'll see what happens when they get to the playoffs. It's going to take quite a bit of conviction from Jim Montgomery and his coaching staff to stay the course for that when the inevitable situation happens where maybe a guy has a rougher game and uh, you have to keep that 50-50 split in place. But um for right now, as you're trying to build your game, getting towards the playoffs, keep swapping out those starts between those two guys because right now it's working for you. Yeah, I you know, it's interesting. I feel like the noise around trading Olmark gets louder and louder. 
And I wonder if when this season's up, when the 23-24 season ends, whether they win the cup, lose the cup, you know, out in the first round, out in the second, whatever it ends up being, I think the big question everybody's going to have is, you know, should the Bruins, if things don't work out with the goalie tandem, I think a lot of people are going to say, should the Bruins have tried to deal Allmark to bolster, you know, your forward depth up front? Would that have won you a playoff round? Now, again, we can get to that when it happens or if it happens. But I, I do wonder if we look back and say, oh, the goalie tandem was good and it kind of worked in the playoffs, but, you know, would a Lindholm have worked better up front if you can somehow deal Olmark for him? But again, there's a lot of stipulations to an Olmark trade. You have to, you just get the no movement clause. You got to want to go to Calgary. Um, you know, if you were to execute, a, you know, getting a different big gun up front, like he's got to want to go there. The team has to need a goalie. Um but I do wonder if we look back and say, huh, you know, would that have made a difference? I still think it's better to be nasty at one thing than a little bit better than average at, at something else and, and not be as nasty in back. Um, but, I, you know, again, I, I think that that might be some a question we look back at um, when it comes to the goaltending. Um, in terms of future assets, we mentioned Grizzlick, uh, DeBrusque. Um, I would love to see this team get back into the first or second round in the draft. I just think it's a good thing to be drafting um, high and to be replenishing the prospect pool, especially with the with you know uh, Patra graduating to the NHL. Lowright is right on the cusp of graduating to the NHL. Um, you know Beecher has you know just a lot of you know Merkulov might replenishing that prospect pool with high-end guys, I wouldn't hate. And it's going to be tough because, again, you're competing. You're, you are in this, you're, you know, you're on the route of a Stanley Cup contender. It's hard to just give up pieces, but I would love to see them find a way to do that. Yeah, no, it, it all depend, I think, on just what the value of some of these guys are. So, obviously, Grizzly is a guy that's mentioned quite a bit in terms of, especially if a guy like Lorai can – take another step forward this year and really solidify his spot in the NHL. Maybe he becomes expendable. Um, but again, he also needs to get healthy and get back to, I think the player that even with uh, the detractors in Grizzlick's game, like his value in terms of being a puck mover, I think can, and should be coveted by a lot of other teams, even if it's maybe not in the top four role, like it's usually been here with the Bruins. So um, yeah, it would be curious to see just how they evaluate those things while also, knowing full well that you look at this team and how they're built. Um, if they expect to go on a deep run, sometimes you need to have as many backup options as needed. So um, we'll kind of see how that all plays out. But it is fascinating to see if what they decide to do that uh, situation where maybe they look more at the long haul and start replenishing some of this uh, prospect pool. Because as you said, as much people talk about how bad the Bruins prospect kind of group is, got a lot of guys graduating to the NHL that are looking like impact players right now. Yeah, so again, but again, once they're gone, the prospect pool is going to be even thinner and people are going to, you know, what is coming next and, and all those things. So I think uh, if the Bruins can sort of find a way to draft higher end players in this draft and in future drafts, um, I think they set themselves up better for the future. Um, but again, it's going to be hard to do. It's going to be really hard to do. Uh, so I think that that, um, you know, it's a resolution I would love to see happen, but it'd be like me saying, it's a, it, you know, like, hey, I think the Bru I want to uh, run a marathon this year or something instead of just being like, hey, I want to, you know, maybe get in better shape, you know, work out more. So it's a little more extreme to to ask for a first round pick this year, but wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. 
Can't believe Santa didn't bring him a first round pick. I think that that's kind of messed up. It's pretty rude. Very rude. Um, before we go, have any of your predictions changed on the season? I feel like now is a fun time to revisit them. No, I'm I'm still kind of staying the course. I think I had them what second in the Atlantic, so they're exceeding expectations for now. But in terms of their identity of being a defensively strong team with their goaltending, especially, I think it's more or less what we expected. Um, this team, if all goes right and they're playing to their capabilities, are they going to be a favorite going into the Cup uh, playoffs? No, but I think when they're on their game, there's not a lot of teams I think probably would look forward to playing them, especially if both their goaltending is playing at a uh, at a high level. And if they can up the physicality, that'd be my other New Year's resolution. Up the physicality. Yeah. Be more physical. That would be uh, that would certainly be one. Uh, anyways, Connor, happy new year. Uh, what can the people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe in 2024? Yes, uh, happy new year to you too, Evan. Uh, I can uh, assure you that we'll have plenty of stuff throughout this season and the years ahead uh, in terms of game recaps, <laughs> the years. features, column. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we'll have you covered every step of the way for both this season and whatever uh, the future holds for this franchise, um, whether it's, again, recaps, features, breakdowns, uh, previews, all that stuff you can find over at boston.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, X, or whatever the fuck it's going to be called in 2024, uh, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week and a very, very, very happy new year. 